people, we are all the way up and you know what it is. It's another Wednesday afternoon with your boys on the faction. And I'm not by myself. No, 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 no. I have the valedictorian with me, the father of Jackson and Jordan, GB. How are you? What's going on, good brother? How is everything? Man, listen, I actually feel really good. So I got a lot on my mind to say. Yes, I figured you would. And I know there are some people who didn't think you'd actually be here today. But we'll talk about all of that um, in a little bit. But I am uh, I'm doing great. Uh, you know, I've got my son. We've had a lot of content. It's been a very busy week for the faction. So uh, that makes me one happy dude. We have had a busy, busy weekend. Yes, we have. Now, I don't know if people know, but I spent the weekend with you guys in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And really, it was to see my godson, Jackson, who tried to steal from me. But I went and won his heart back. And he really told me that the tall guy made him scared. So, Oh, is that right? what he told me. I mean, I didn't want to say anything, but that's what he told me. Oh, man. Yeah, that's hilarious stuff. And then after that, I mean, because, again, you, you've just kept up this incredibly hectic schedule. You left from here. I did. And, and then where'd you go? I actually went back to San Antonio. Okay. Where I met Clack. Right. So, I, so it's so funny. I spent the morning with you in Jackson. Mm-hmm. I got off the plane, Clack, and I had lunch here. Yeah. And then after that... Uh, let's just say the weekend was stolen from me. I don't know who stole the weekend from you. I don't think anybody. Oh, you stole. know, because you set it up. No, 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 no. I think you walked into your own trap, but we'll talk about that. I'm certain, uh, throughout the show, uh, clack will be joining us in just a little bit. So, uh, we will definitely, definitely dig into all that happened during the weekend and listen it's been a very busy time here and we have a lot of ground to get to so normally i'd tell you what happened here last week but there's a lot that happened in between last week's broadcast and this week particularly we introduced two new series one is the on the road series the other is our quick hit series both of them are available via podcast so you got to go back and check it out in fact you're going to need some of that information for some of what for what today for it to make sense so go back check it out the on the road series which includes our conversation about aew versus nxt and our recap of southern honor wrestling which dropped yesterday uh we've got our quick hits and more go back check it out by subscribing exclusively to our podcast available wherever it is you get your podcast so New week, new show. We got a lot to get into. Courtney, tell them what's up for today's show. Welcome to episode number 186 of The Faction right here on Bonafide Radio. We'll kick things off with SmackDown on Fox. That's right. The premiere of SmackDown was epic and iconic. We will also recap the hell in a cell. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Jeff Hardy seems to be in the news and... It is a week after the debut of AEW. We'll discuss Raw and the upcoming SmackDown for this week. But before we do, hey, it's Let Me In, the Fiend's theme song by Code Orange. You're listening to The Faction on Bonafide Radio. That's radio the way it's supposed to be. This is a total package Lex Luger, and you are turned into The Faction.
sorry for what I did. Really sorry for what I did. Really sorry for what I did. Really sorry for what I did. All of you forgive me. Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. Hey, this is Courtney. Welcome back to the faction. That was Let Me In, the Fiend's theme song by Code Orange. GB, let's get the news. All right, so we're definitely going to be talking about the Fiend in a little bit, but amidst all of the uh, great content we've brought you, we've yet to give you our official recap of the premiere of SmackDown on Fox. Of all the things that happened last week, I don't think anyone could argue that it was probably the biggest ticket item in the world of pro wrestling. Fox, one of the big four uh, in terms of major networks, now the home for SmackDown. We've heard about it a lot. We've talked about it in theory, but it's actually happened. So let's talk about it. I'm not even going to go through the card. I want to talk about what your thoughts were walking away from SmackDown as you watched it. Um, of course, we watched it following our time at Southern Honor Wrestling. So, Courtney, what were your thoughts on uh, the premiere of SmackDown on Fox? Big time. Wrestling was big. It felt like I was getting ready to watch NFL on Sunday night or even Monday night, if not the Super Bowl, mm. because it was so major. You clearly see the impact of Fox's money and their mind and the best of them coming together with the best of WWE already in advance. They were doing some great things on the production end. We saw some new camera angles. We saw a bolder stage, a stage that oh. looks like it's more ready for a pay-per-view. That's so which is and I'll, I'll, right, which is why I was a little thrown when we got the hell in the cell and it looked like we had the old Monday Night Raw stage. Because after seeing the Raw stage, which is okay to me, but that SmackDown stage is no slouch, GB. Yeah. Now, the whole card was big time. Mm -hmm. We could not find anything bad about it. They really put their best into it. I don't want to get into the thoughts of who I need to thank. I don't know if I'm thinking Eric Bischoff. I don't know if I'm thinking Vince McMahon. I do know that I'm thanking Fox for all of the money that they have given yes. to make wrestling look like it can go up against the National Football League. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I, I just remember the feeling I had when I first saw that stage. It was literally breathtaking. It was you, you. You you literally paused it and said, "Come in here and look at this." Yes, yes. We it was together. It was it was incredible. Now I have to say this: I'm also grateful for the progression of WWE's programming last week. The fact that we had the season premiere of Raw and that new stage and new set design and new uh, starting and new theme music, all of that felt really really good. It would have been anticlimactic to have that show up after SmackDown. We needed the progression to happen the way that it did. So I'm absolutely grateful that the progression happened in the way that it did. Um, and again, you knew it was big when Vince McMahon showed up. Vince did not show right. up on Raw. 
He showed up right there on SmackDown and came to make a difference to make his announcement. And uh, really, everything about SmackDown was significant. The Rock, and let me just say this. Baron Corbin, who I've not been a fan of for a long time, I think WWE said a whole lot about Baron Corbin to actually have him in a segment with the man and the rock. That was kind of huge. Yeah. Well, you you know, it takes someone. You couldn't have put the Miz out there because the Miz Corbin clearly is a company guy. He's going to do what's best for business. And he played that role to a T. Mm-hmm. But here's what I did realize. And I don't want to be the bummer of the group. Rock was a little slower on the microphone than usual. Well, Becky Lynch. I don't, I don't Becky know. Becky Lynch was, was. Becky Lynch what? Becky Lynch was at regular speed. So I don't know if Rock had to get vroom, vroom, vroom revved up for it or what. But I tell you what, though. If Rock were on the mic two more times for WrestleMania, he'd be back to his old ways. Let me just say this. I think that the issue with The Rock was this. If you'll notice, The Rock usually ends up at the end of the show. The Rock not only ends up at the end of the show, but he usually gets all the time he wants, 20 minutes. So he's out there. Minutes. He has a chance to soak up the crowd. He has a chance to get warmed up. And so you never feel a speed issue. Also, he's usually in there by himself. So he gets to totally control the pace. I think this time around, he had time constraints on him, which was one big thing. It's kind of like taking, you know, the person who's used to doing a two-hour set and telling him, you got three minutes, give me your best song. You know, so I think for Rock, there was that, you know, I think there were a lot of things that were on Rock and pulling on him. Plus, he was going to get physical. He, he 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 had to, well, I was shocked he got physical when, when, when he wasn't taped up, but... He had to get three things over. He had to get SmackDown over. Mm-hmm. He had to get Baron Corbin over. Mm-hmm. And he had to get Becky over. Now, Becky over, that's kind of, that's, you know, he didn't have to get her over. But he threw her an alley-oop, if you will. Yeah, yeah. And so, but I just, you know, he was noticeably slower than usual. Well, and again, I think there's also the magnitude of that moment. For all the things that Rock has been involved in in terms of WWE, there's the pressure of coming home and the pressure of it being... Think about this. They had a blue carpet for SmackDown, a full situation, a pre-show for SmackDown. This was not your average situation for SmackDown, and I think everybody involved... uh, felt it so with that said let me say this too because we haven't talked about this in any of our content and that is there was uh it was promoted that they were going to have all of these guys on hold on guys okay Praising Jackson. Ah, Man, listen. Okay. All right. So here's the deal that I thought was super interesting. You know how uh, SmackDown advertised all of these superstars? Hogan, Sting, Austin, Flair, Taker. They advertised all of them, and yet none of them hit the ring. Hogan only got... Um, maybe three seconds coming off of commercial going to his seat and Taker who was there wasn't even used 
Now, do you think that this was a mistake um, for them to advertise all of these folks and never use them? Uh, I would say absolutely not. Uh, I believe that the ploy was set in place and it was used correctly. You do not want to build the wrong expectation that these mega powers are going to be there every week. All we need them to do is smile, wait, especially if Sting's not getting back in the ring. I mean, there's just no need. Austin's not getting back in the ring. I, I think the presentation and what we got out of them was timely and it was what we needed. All we needed was a cameo. And some of them didn't even get that. Like, we never saw Austin on our screen. We never saw Sting on our screen. We never saw, saw uh, The Undertaker on our screen. Was, was that problematic for you, Courtney? It was a little problematic because they advertised it as if they were going to be there. And when you have the world watching, people tuned in that have not tuned into wrestling since the Attitude Era, since the golden age of Hulkamania running wild over you. So when you get that NFL fan to tune in and they don't see that person on the screen, it then to them legitimizes their original thought, this is not legit. Well, here's my other the other thing too. I think it was a case of overscheduling. I mean, let's face it. This is not Monday Night Raw where you have three hours to fill. This is SmackDown where there are two solid hours to fill and you had all these legends plus absolute major matches that were going on as well. So it was a lot. I think they may have just overpromised uh, in these particular scenarios. And so we have to go and talk about this very briefly because a lot of people, uh, much like Hell in a Cell, which we'll get into in a second, were uh, pleased with the overall SmackDown presentation until we got to the end. So let me ask the question. Uh -oh. Brock Lesnar versus Kofi Kingston for the WWE Championship. There's been a lot of conjecture over the last few days about how that was handled. Um, what did you think about the way that was handled and should it have been handled any differently? Clack, let's start with you. Uh, no. I, I don't think that should have been handled any differently. You know, You've got to look at it from this perspective. I, I really think WWE is attempting to give us what we need. You know, there are times when Noah tells me what he thinks he needs, but I'm his father and I know best. And I'm not going to give you lollipops and I'm not going to give you slushies in the morning. I'm not going to give you what you need. Sometimes we as the wrestling fan need to trust that Vincent Kennedy McMahon is giving us what we need for our necessary wrestling growth. So no, I, I, I thought that I thought that the way it all played out in the grander scheme of what they're trying to communicate, especially for this new customized audience, Courtney, stop rolling your eyes, especially for this new customized audience that they're now trying to go after this this more uh, 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 this new fan base. There we go. That's that'll work. I think that what Vincent Kennedy McMahon gave us is exactly what we need. I'm going to stick to that. I hope you remember that when we get to the next segment. Uh, Courtney, what are, what are your thoughts on uh, how Brock versus Kofi was handled? Hogan booked it. Oh, <laughs> wow. Wow. 
you just Hogan booked that, That's why you're so well loved in the wrestling community, Courtney. Hogan, Hogan, but people love me in the wrestling world. We'll Clearly, and we'll talk about that too. Uh, no, in, in, in all honesty, I didn't have a problem with it. I mean, I, I, I actually would prefer that than what's happened to everybody else, which is 20 minutes of suplexes. So Kofi lives to fight another day. Uh, I was actually okay with it. You know how I felt. I was ecstatic at uh, WrestleMania when Kofi got the belt. Uh, I, I don't think it's been one of the more memorable uh, title holdings, though it is historic. And so uh, the way it ended is the way it ended. It left in a shocker. It did what wrestling does for so many of us where we, we can't wait to tune in to see what's next. Uh, the only thing that I will say is, good God, if can Kane Velasquez, Velasquez be any flabbier? It's my only thought well, from that whole night. Now, you and I both know that MMA fighters aren't necessarily billed for their physiques. They are billed for know, their fighting ability. He's in wrestling now, which is more physique-driven, and he just looks well, he looks it, like me. It depends on where you are in wrestling. As we've seen, there are certain places that like heavier or heftier wrestlers, and others well, are I, like, like, you said where? No, no, no. And I was just going to say like, like guys who like to eat cookout and stuff like that. Oh, see, there, there you go. We're gonna. I'm promising you guys we're going to get into that in a second, but for sure – uh, the storyline, everything moved very fast. The only thing I really didn't like was it felt as though a champion for six months deserved a better final match than that. He deserved better than to be squashed in 10 seconds and then immediately forgotten about as Cain Velasquez and Rey Mysterio show up. And now the world's talking about Cain Velasquez versus Brock Lesnar. I appreciate the WWE Universe, and wrestlers from across all promotions who felt as though Kofi deserved better. And they even started the hashtag, Kofi Deserves Better. Um, lots of folks from all brands had nothing but great things to say about Kofi Kingston and his title reign. So shout out to Kofi Kingston. Uh, and speaking of championships, it's probably a good thing to mention right about here and now that in case you didn't know, friends and family, we have a brand new faction world champion. Ladies and gentlemen, over the weekend, the battle was a triple threat. If you tuned in last week, you know Josh Spilly joined us. And his desire to tackle both Clack and Courtney turned this into a triple threat match for the championship that, that saw a new champion emerge. We want to say a big congratulations to the new faction yes. world yes. champion, Brandon yes. Jerome Clack. Champion Clack, what would you like to say for yourself, sir? You know, some things are just right. Some things should just be. And and champion Clack, Clack champion, it's just got a good ring to it. And uh, wrestling fans, you're welcome. The end of the Courtney Beard terror is over. Ah. Uh. The end is over, and in fact, before we hear from the former champion, the other challenger had something that he wanted to say, and so he sent us a little something. Guys, check it out. Hey, GB, Courtney, Clack, I just want to come on and congratulate Clack on becoming the new faction champion. A little disappointed that I didn't win, but at least after 182 days of him running his mouth, Courtney is no longer the champion. Courtney... Three weeks ago, you told me to gain some prophetic wisdom. I was right about one thing. I told you last week, 
you will no longer be the champion. I was right about that. Clack, once again, enjoy this run. Congratulations. Hopefully, during your run, we have a rematch. And GB, once again, thank you for letting me be on the show last week. It was a highlight for me. I hope to talk to you guys soon. We are the faction. Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. How how big of Josh Spilly to congratulate you, Clack, on your championship victory? I thought that was pretty brave of him. Uh, it's what he should do. You know, when you're dealing with a champion, you ought to acknowledge. And so I'm very grateful that his humility allowed him to come into that realization. But I'll tell you who really needs to congratulate me. And we're not going any further in the, in the show until he does. Courtney? You need to congratulate me right now. Courtney, you... you, you Brandon Clack, I'll congratulate you for being a... Uh, you, you, you want a C-word? It won't be champ. It's for being a charlatan. That's what you are. You're a con. You have conned the people. You conned your way into last week's match. You conned your way into... Get, you are a beguiler. A trickster. You entice GB into making you a part of it, and then you come in there and sashay and try to steal it. What does that mean? You're a double dealer. That's what that means. So I won't congratulate you because you walked in and stole and made a few odd choices. You didn't even know what you were choosing. And you came in there and you just stole what's considered to be the belt. The people have called me. The people have D- I ought to post the DMs, and they have said you are still my champion. You know, bitterness really makes people look ignorant. And uh, for someone as brilliant as you, your bitterness is hiding all of your wrestling prowess. You just need to be, uh, listen, you're not going to win all of the matches all the time. And you just ran up against a better contender with a little bit more wit, with a little bit more insight. And I just decided to not give out any more charity wins to you. And when I decided to take control of this whole thing, now you want to bellyache. And uh, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. I, you know what? You know, if, if you're going to cry this much, why don't you just let Quinetta start choosing the rest of the matches? How about that? <laughs> you called it right. You said ignorance. And I will take ignorance because the short of ignorance is to ignore. I will ignore you, Brandon Clack. Because you, sir, can't pick your way out of a paper bag. And I will promise the people that at the next venture, when it comes around, because you guys have gotten everybody and their mama to try to overthrow me. I've been in more matches than you could count. Had to overthrow Prince 3 through uh, Josh Pillay, Brandon Clack multiple times. GB, you didn't stand a chance. I've taken on everybody. I will be champion again. Well, I think, it's, sure. impo- I think it's important to note this, Courtney that you actually didn't even beat Josh Spilly. You tied with Josh Spilly, which for all It was a three the, day it was for, a three way dance, GB. No, 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 no. The three way dance has nothing to do with you tying him. It you was a tied three-way him. Dance. Which means that if it were just you two and Clack wasn't there, there'd have to be some sort of uh, tiebreaker or something because you did not definitively win. So however you looked at it, even you lost. Even go to the 15-minute mark. Oh, Lord. I mean, every great champion can make a mop look good. Oh, my God. Well, you did more than make a mop look good. Uh, Josh Spilly uh, certainly can say with, with gladness and with boldness that he hung 
very, very well with you. He had a great showing and, here and, last and, week. And furthermore, and, and furthermore, Clack, you old charlatan, you know that you walked in and have you ought to, what you ought to be doing right now is giving up the belt because you know you won't defend it well. So what, is oh. that what you like to do right now? You know, I, like, the only thing that I want to give you, the only thing I wish I could give you right now is a honey bun to make you be quiet. Because because <laughs> that's the that's the only opponent you have that you've never defeated. So let, uh, let's not talk just about. Just so you know, I'm gonna stop up just right so now. you know, you I don't much. like honey buns. And like another big brother I know, I'm a pescatarian. Well, so so speaking of that, you know, it just like uh, Kofi Kingston loses his championship and Brock finds another opponent. Apparently, as Courtney lost his championship, it looks like both he and the faction have accrued another opponent. Um, yeah, I need to tell you guys about this. Um, if you go back to our On the Road series, you will hear that we uh, spent some time at Southern Honor Wrestling. And in spending time at Southern Honor Wrestling, we absolutely... Uh, had a great, great time, and we gave a recap of what happened. But on that particular episode, Courtney had something to say about one of the superstars of Southern Honor Wrestling. His name is William Huckabee. Now, you need to go back to the On the Road series to check out exactly what he said. But on Facebook yesterday, uh, Huckabee responded, and I want to read his response and then we're going to go to break and we'll come back and hear from Courtney and any other member of our crew who may want to speak to Huckabee. So here's what Huckabee said. He said, quote, for the record, one, no, I don't eat cookout. Matter of fact, I'm a pescatarian. Two, I don't wear tights with trunks because of my size, but because because I'm also grew up because I also grew up watching the territories. And that's the style of gear I love. Three. Don't ever think I'm afraid of any of you. I don't care how big you are. I will knock you on your keister. Fourth, he says Texas sucks. F the Cowboys, the Astros, the Texans, the Spurs, the Rockets, the Mavs. F your college teams. F the Sportatorium, the Von Erics, World Class, and anyone who started there. I'm from Carolina, home of Crockett Promotions and the greatest wrestler and basketball player ever. When we come back, the faction will respond to Southern Honor Wrestling's William Huckabee. Plus, we're going to get into Hell in a Cell, and we're going to talk about NWA Power, AEW Dark, and we'll talk about Monday Night Raw. Lots to get to, but right now, let's go to some music from CFO. It's a theme song for Johnny Gargano. This one's called Rebel Heart. You've got it locked to the faction, powered by Bonnerfied Radio. It's me. DDP, the king of Bada Bing, the master of the diamond cutter, the three times, three times, three times world champion and CEO and founder of DDP Yoga. You're listening to the faction on Bonafide Radio. And that's not a bad thing. That, my friend, is a good thing. Bang!
faction. One, two, three. Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. Welcome back to the facts and powered by Bonafide Radio. This is Brandon GB. Give us some wrestling news. All right. So before we went to break, we told you guys the comments from Southern Honor Wrestling superstar William Huckabee, who apparently isn't a fan or wasn't a fan of our recap on the road, which we posted yesterday. You guys can go check it out. Um, And we read to you before the break what he had to say on our Facebook page. You guys can go check it out. He's not a fan, apparently, of us. He says he's not scared of us either. Um, Courtney, would you like to say something? I'm sure we all would want to say something since he kind of came for for all of us. Well, I went down to uh, Southern Honor with you. I heard so much about what they're doing down there. I wanted to go see it for myself. Showed up, met some of the guys. Huckabee put on a great performance, broke out the chains, which went, which sent GB into horror in a yelling fit. Huckabee comes by kicks the rail there's a young girl in a wheelchair there huckabee doesn't see me because he has one patch over his eye i stand up and tell him don't kick it again he turns around and i don't care what he says in point number uh uh three he took a pregnant pause and a pregnant pause is what he should have took because that's what he looks like a pregnant person who's pausing now you can't come on my facebook talk about you're a pescatarian you only eat fish are you crazy you look more like a pesky terrorist you're not a pescatarian a pescatarian doesn't get that much body mass on them. And sure, you may wear those tights because you want to represent the old guy. I mean, what, 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 what are you, Jimmy Valiant? What are you, Bobby Eaton? What are you, Sweet Stan Lane? And you're wearing those tights? I mean, I can barely see your name on the tights because of the size that you are. And furthermore, number four, I'm not even from Texas. I just live in Texas. So everything you have to say about Texas doesn't fit me. Now, Open your mouth about Virginia and Mid-Atlantic wrestling. Things will change. (laughs) Because I'm a VA boy. 757. Mid-Atlantic wrestling. Ricky Steamboat, Magnum TA, represents us and represents us well. So before you, William Huckabee, come over here talking all that trash, understand and realize you're not dealing with a lightweight. You're dealing with somebody who knows exactly what they're talking about. Now, I'm not able to get in the ring with you because you've been doing this a lot longer than I have. But if they so find me someone to accompany to the ring in Southern Honor Wrestling, and I can be their spokesperson, if you will, and accompany them, guess what? One, two, three. It's over for the Huckster. Bye-bye. Uh, Clack, I know you weren't there, but would you like to say anything to Huckabee as he has uh, come after both uh, Courtney and I? Yeah, I'm not exactly sure who he considers the best basketball player of all time. You know, I, I like to think of myself as a basketball connoisseur. Mm-hmm. And so when you start throwing out that best ever, um, sometimes I like to try to check your resume. Have you ever played? Did you ever play? Can you play today? You know, <laughs> I agree with Courtney. I may not be able to get in the ring with you all, but I guarantee you. If we play one on one, it's going to be a, a, a whole nother kind of problem. But anyway, that's whole besides the point. The best basketball player from North Carolina, I don't know who you consider the greatest, but at large, America, i.e., the world, 
considers one Michael Jeffrey Jordan to be the greatest basketball player of all time. And he is not from North Carolina. He was born in Brooklyn, New York. Oh my. Well, I don't know. Maybe I don't know who you're considering the best basketball player from North Carolina is. I have no clue. But I would bet oh, probably every dime I have that he is not better, nor was he ever better than Michael Jeffrey Jordan. And and while we're at it, if you're talking about Flair, Flair was born in Memphis, where Clack is. So you, sir, Mr. Huckster, need to get your facts straight. And I'll tell you something else. You said F the Sportatorium. The Sportatorium is legendary. Legendary for not having any air. Kind of like you when you were wrestling. You were missing a little bit of air. Don't come for us. We didn't send for you. I, I, I will just say this, Mr. Huckabee. First of all, we are big fans of Southern Honor Wrestling. We big love fan. what Southern Honor is doing. Shout out to Gary shout out. Lamb and shout out to Dylan Frimmer and oh, uh, that Garrett great. Sakahara and all the super cool people that are there. But there's no way I'm going to allow you to come for us and I'm just going to sit back and do nothing. So I'll just simply say this, Mr. Huckabee. Um, we might not be able to wrestle you. We certainly welcome a debate with you. We certainly will be easily happy to show up to Southern Honor Wrestling on Friday, November the 1st. If you want to have a battle of words, I bet we could have a relay race and defeat you as well. But certainly what you cannot do is talk your way over us. And I'm not, matter of fact, I don't need to fight. I think I could go get maybe Joe Black Oh, to put the beat down on you, I think I could get a couple of people who might be willing to wear your rather large hind parts out. So, sir, don't come for us, because if you do, we don't walk alone. Just remember that. So with that said, um, yes, and I will be at Southern Honor and perhaps one of my good brothers will be with me as well. We'll see if you have something to say on Friday, November the 1st. In the meantime, we got to get into Hell in a Cell because uh, a lot of people were talking about Hell in a Cell. Um, and uh, I'd go through all of it, but I don't need to. Let's just simply talk about hits and misses from the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. Um, Clack, what were your thoughts on the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view from WWE this Sunday? Uh, I, I thought it was entertaining. Um, I, I hate to just go to the obvious miss, uh, obviously with the fiend, but to me that is the main one that sticks out. I'm just gonna say this: to me, the obvious miss is not what everyone keeps talking about with the ending. The obviousness is we've got our version of Halloween Havoc. They tell them the cell. It's our scary pay per view with all of our promos leading up to it where we dabble with hell and demons and fear and terror and all of that how did we miss an opportunity to have it, it, forget it at this point if you don't want Undertaker to lay your hands on him and anoint him next we'll take Kane shoot I'll even take Jake the Snake Roberts I'll take Ooh. anything Fiend needs the endorsement and I feel like he's even crying out for Mick Foley he's using his mandible claw we need somebody that is a legend to get in his corner and take the creepiness of this entire thing to the next level. 
He needs a creepy Paul Bearer legend type manager. Hmm. Courtney? Yeah, I, uh, I, 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 I absolutely agree, man. Uh, th- th- there's some misses that we're missing. One, one thing I love the NFL is doing with this 100 years is they are putting old legends with young stars and they're knighting them, if you will. They're knighting them to the old generation and knighting them for the new generation. And then there's a younger generation, which is to come. And WWE, we're using our legends in the wrong way, a la the way you have Flair and Hogan leading a team over at Crown Jewel. That's a waste of television space. And I agree with Clack. And so those are those things happening. The best thing to come out of Hell in a Cell was probably the Kabuki Warriors winning those god-awful women's titles and hoping they can make something of it, which it seems like they kind of tried to do. But when I think about Hell in a Cell, guys, I think about the legendary Hell in a Cell matches we've had. And there was nothing legendary about this Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. And I'm just, I'm like, how did the same people give us Raw and SmackDown and NXT? What happened? Who wrote this? Flim, flarm, filth, as Eddie Murphy once said. I don't know, but it wasn't the same guys. Well, I'll say this much. First of all, I'm not going to totally throw the pay-per-view away. Um, I think the real winners of the pay-per-view were the female superstars because all of them just blazed. Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks, they started the show off in a big, big way, and I thought they had a fantastic Hell in a Cell match. I think they were creative. I think they were innovative. I think they did some things that uh, most didn't expect them to do. That spot where uh, the chair was in between the, the cage and it was elevated and she and Sasha was on the cage and they drop kicked her off the cage. Like, I just thought it was a brilliant use of the cage and really creative moments um, from there. Now, also, uh, as you mentioned, the Kabuki Warriors come out of nowhere and finally look like who we expected them to be. Asuka with the green mist. Uh, Green Mist, shout out to the great Kabuki and the great Muda. Um, Those things I think were necessary. Seeing Kyrie Sane now turn bad, like those things are great. Even um, we saw... We saw Tamina Snuka become the 24-7 champion. Now, we don't make a lot of the 24-7 yeah. championship, but you can't deny that for the women, Hell in a Cell proved to be a great night. Charlotte becomes a 10-time women's champion. Um, so they won, but you're right. We all were watching this for one thing, The Fiend versus Seth Rollins. And I'll tell you, Seth Rollins did everything he could, and to me, the story felt like Seth Rollins was trying to kill a monster and couldn't and to me I was just like he's indestructible this is amazing this is great he can survive anything now let him win the championship but then the inconsistency of disqualifying Seth Rollins and then later coming back and saying it wasn't a disqualification the ref stopped the match never in the history of Hell in a Cell has a match been stopped it's a hell in a cell for a reason. For a reason. When Mick Foley fell off the top of the cage and came back, they didn't stop the match. Listen, when and they tried to. They tried to. When Mick Foley fell through the cage against Triple H, they didn't stop the match. For all of the crazy things that have happened in the 22-year history of Hell in a Cell, never before have they disqualified somebody and considering all that happened in the women's match that should have birthed the disqualification 
it's highly inconsistent. And as I said before, you know it's a bad day in the office when at the end of premiere week, the fans are chanting AEW. I, and the worst part then to come on Monday Night Raw and act almost like the match didn't happen. There was no there was only one mention of the match, hardly any mention of the Universal Champion or Bray. Uh oh. See, it even made Jackson cry. It's well, insane. Jack Jackson should be crying because it was a total mess and a total crap show that we saw in. Clack, you've been crying for it forever. Anoint and knight the man. Anoint and knight the man. Clack, here's my question. In what order would you have them knighted? Would it be Taker as an option one? Kane as an option two? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you got you got to go. Well, you know, I honestly, I'm starting to believe, guys, that if Kane and... I'm sorry, if Undertaker and Mankind had a baby, it's The Fiend. Whoa. So you know, I would. Even I would agree with that. Pain, I would agree with. And that. I would, I would give us Taker and or Mankind. What a beautiful, twisted, weird, oh. terrifying story. That's incredible. Mankind and Taker do a uh, do a combo impartation. And we need the creepy Mankind, the original Mankind, not the cute Mankind who you know had the referee shirt on and became the hardcore champion. We need the mankind that was hanging out in the boiler room. The one that was playing with rats and mice. That's what we Oh, need. yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, now help, help the people because they may not understand, Clack. Why do you think Jake the Snake Roberts is a great third or fourth? Uh, the psychology of his presentation. Jake wasn't intimidating with his physique, just like Fiend, is it? Uh, Jake was intimidating with his words. He was crafty. He would sneak up behind you. You know, I know you guys remember the uh, the classic invasion of poisonous snakes inside of a wedding present. Oh, yeah. That scared the everything out of Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> oh, yeah. It wasn't that Jake was just stronger, faster, or a better wrestler. He beat you before he got in the ring, which I think oh, that's Fiend good. does as well. I that's agree. good. The Fiend absolutely does that. So uh, I don't know how they recover from this because this has definitely given them uh, bad real estate in the uh, social verse, that's for sure. Especially with uh, AEW getting ready to have a new show tonight and their pay-per-view coming, um, NWA and so many, uh, so on and so forth. So it's going to be interesting to see how they recover from this. The good thing for us is we get to change the channel if we feel like it. But uh, let's kind of wrap up our WWE coverage very quickly and go to a Raw recap. Courtney, uh, tell us what happened on Monday Night Raw and see if WWE got any better with this. Monday Night Raw was live from the Rebel Bank Arena in Bakersfield, California. Things kicked off. I would have shot this man on the blue carpet. Bobby Lashley and Lana naked, fucking naked, fucking naked in bed in front of Rusev. My God, the death toll would have increased. Natalia defeated Lacey Evans in a last woman standing match and then even gave her the good old right hand at the end. Viking Raiders defeated Raw Tag Team Champions Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. Aleister Black defeated the Singh Brothers in a one-on-two handicap match. The OC defeated the Lucha 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 House Party. WWE Women's Tag Team Champions the Kabuki Warriors defeated the Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch and SmackDown Women's Champion Charlotte Flair. 
after talking that mess like only they can talk and we had to wait two days for a translation ricochet in the battle of the brothers defeated apollo cruz in the draft showcase match and tyson fury that's right the heavyweight champion tyson fury brawled with Braun Strowman after a verbal confrontation and there was some hands thrown gb clack what did you think of monday night raw clack do you want to go first Unfortunately, I do. I was disappointed, guys. I don't. I feel like this uh, Fury attempt is their attempt at recreating the Attitude Era. I mean, how convenient. The square off in the ring, the, the pushing, the shoving. All of this is reminiscent of a season in wrestling that I think we're desperately trying to get back. And I, I just, I don't know. Something about Fury that doesn't. Um, excite me or 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 make me uh, think that he has a real shot you know when Mike Tyson came in that ring and we didn't know the totality of what he was going to be doing in the WWE I was legit concerned obviously because I'm just all pro wrestling I was legit concerned that Austin was going to get the tar beat out of him you know because Mike yeah. was just bitten somebody <laughs> and Mike Mike was a little crazy he thought his, he broke his back but his back clearly wasn't broken you know anybody that thinks that they feel a broken back but the back isn't broken. You, you just want to leave that person alone. So, But I don't know if Fury has that kind of level of crazy on him that just makes us nervous. But uh, but I, I was a little disappointed. Now, I will tell you where the money is, and then I'm done. The money is with Bobby Lashley. If Bobby Lashley can can keep playing with Rusev's wife, and, and we can get a Rusev that snaps, like we need Rusev to attack announcers, and we need... We need a hired fan that's really one of the boys or a referee we're not familiar with. And we need Rusev to literally slap him in the face where it looks like fans are unsafe because of the instability of a man that's been cheated on. If WWE plays this right, Rusev, Lashley, Lana, they can make the kind of history that we need to see. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree with Clack. This whole Rusev thing, it actually got my blood boiling a little bit. I feel bad for the guy. I actually think he should go get a gun. Oh, Lord, here you go with guns and whatnot. Let me just say this. First of all, I want to come from a different side of the same coin with you, Clack. I don't think this is an attempt to recreate the Attitude Era. Instead, we need to go a little bit deeper. Why did WWE go after Mike Tyson? They went after Mike Tyson because they were in the middle of getting whipped by WCW. They were in the middle of an 83-week whipping on the Monday Night Wars. And it has been reported uh, that there were two instances where Kevin Sullivan felt like the war was over. One happened when Mike Tyson showed up. The other happened in the same year when uh, Hell in a Cell took place and Mick Foley was thrown off the top of the cage. So I don't think it's a coincidence that Tyson Fury and Cain Velasquez show up in the same week as Hell in a Cell, which all happens to be the same week that AEW beats NXT in the ratings. Here's the deal. Whenever WWE is concerned about competition, they go to the mainstream. WWE go all the way back to the 80s 
and Mr. T. When they went to break into the mainstream with WrestleMania, they pull out Mr. T for the first two WrestleManias. You go to No Holds Barred, and they got this relationship with Tiny Lister, a.k.a. Zeus. Look through the 90s, and they dealt with the NFL and, and Lawrence Taylor for WrestleMania um, 11. Just you can go down the line whenever they feel like they're in trouble, they run to the mainstream. Here's the problem with that. The problem with that is when you run with the mainstream at the expense of your own roster, you give your roster the message that they're not good enough to get the job done, which is why I had such a problem with the way that Kofi Kingston lost. He was ushered out, and in you bring in Cain Velasquez, and in you bring in Tyson Fury with the modern-day big show, Braun Strowman. Yeah, I call them the modern-day Big Show because here's what's going to happen. Just like the Big Show, where the Big Show was intimidating and shouldn't have been beaten by anybody, the Big Show spent very little time as a world champion, and Braun has spent no time as a world champion, and you can better believe that as much as they love mainstream involvement, they also never let their mainstream people lose to the WWE superstars. Whether it's Floyd Mayweather or Aki Bono, Big Show never wins. So let me just give you a spoiler alert in the spirit of Paul Heyman, and that's this. Braun Strowman, I don't care how many hands you're trying to give somebody, you will not beat Tyson Fury. And uh, as for Cain Velasquez and Brock Lesnar, I don't know if they'll put the championship on the line for fear that Brock Lesnar will lose again. I'm just not, I'm not sold by the fact that these mainstream talents come in. Meanwhile, you look at the competitors like AEW, like uh, NWA, like Impact Wrestling, and they aren't leaning on these guys because they trust in their homegrown talent. Do not try to play the same card you played 20 years ago, WWE. It's not going to work, especially when you have the one thing in the industry that nobody else has. You have the fiend. And if anything, you made him a complete monster at Hell in a Cell by getting up from everything, but then you just completely destroyed and made the match stupid, and then he didn't show up on WWE TV on Monday night. It just doesn't make sense, and I'm telling you this, if they're feeling like this at the beginning of this war, this war may not last long, because they've gotta be able to be competitive and you don't want to be competitive this early with this much money on the line, and you still can't do the basic blocking and tackling. WWE, please, for the love of all things pro wrestling, get it together. GB. I... Yes, sir. Okay. I think I have a thought that could shift the balance of power. Okay. You all tell me if this will work. WWE executives that are currently listening in, Thank you for tuning in. Please listen up. What if the writers only at the night of Brock and Kane squaring off one-on-one, -on -one, what if the writers throw their pens out the window? What if the writers throw their paper out the window? What if everybody leaves Gorilla and, and gets a seat and some popcorn? And what if we let Brock and Kane have a real MMA fight in a WWE ring, blood, punches, an MMA referee, stop it when it needs to be stopped, and whoever wins, we build storyline for that winner. We know what happens with that. We've seen it. 
Kane beats the Tarnations out of him. My point exactly. Mm-hmm. Let's just see it in a WWE ring. It makes perfect nah, sense to nah. me. That's, that's big money now. That is big money. That's big money. That's Fox that's money. That's a big money ticket. Woo! Imagine I love when it. the wrestling fan says, yo, something about this ain't right. This is different. Well, and they bill it as Especially. such. If they bill it as such and we watch everybody walk out of Gorilla, like that changes everything. It changes everything. Man, we have really never seen empty. people walk out of Gorilla and grab a seat. Think what about if the this. back is empty? Well, go back to this. Go back to how I how we felt November 1997 for a Survivor Series when Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels fought all over the arena and Jim Ross told us this could be the last time we see this. All sorts of rumors are running like crazy. Then we see Vince McMahon come from the back. We knew something was up. We knew this wasn't your ordinary send-off match. I'm telling you, they have the power and potential to do it. They just need to go ahead and do it. Yeah. The, there's money to be made on that one. There's a ton of money to be made. They now, just need to go ahead and I'll do it. I'll say this. If, if Kane Velasquez wins and he gets that WWE title, you have to put Heyman with him. Absolutely. He needs to talk. You got to put Heyman with him. Ooh, Truth boy. be told, Brock doesn't need someone to talk for him. Brock does a decent job of talking. So he could come back and talk his own trash. But you definitely have to put a, a, a Paul Heyman with Velasquez. It would be crazy. Let's let's run the break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the NWA's premiere, their new show, Power. It debuted last night. We're going to talk about that. AEW premiered a new show last night as well. Um, and then we'll get into the WWE draft. What does this look like? Who needs to go where? But we'll go to some music from someone who won't be a part of the draft, who made his calling and election sure last Wednesday as he returned to NXT. Here's the theme song for Finn Balor coming from CFO. Everybody, catch your breath. You've got it locked to the faction, powered by Bonnerfied Radio. I got a lot left in the tank. What's up, guys? This is Mark here, the world's strongest man, and you're tuned in to the faction.
The Faction. One, two, three! Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. Hey, this is Courtney. Welcome back to The Faction. That was Catch Your Breath. Finn Balor, hmm, wonder where he's wrestling at. His theme song by CFO GB, let's get it. All right, so what I love about this season of pro wrestling is that it's not just relegated to one area. Today we've already talked about our friends at Southern Honor. We've talked about WWE, and now we need to talk about NWA. As we talked about Premier Week being last week, on the tail end of it, they've added a new wrinkle to Tuesday nights, 6.05, NWA Power premiered last night on Fight TV and on all of their social media channels, uh, being Facebook and YouTube. Um, And so it was quite the show, a one-hour show, headlined by the main event, Nick Aldis defending the NWA championship against former champion Tim Storm. And if Storm lost, he would not be able to get another title shot for the rest of his career. Did you guys check out NWA Power? And if you did, what were your thoughts? Uh, Clack, did you check it out at all? Uh, I checked out Power, but it wasn't NWA. Uh-huh. I'm Tariq. You know, I want somebody to slap him. It slap Tariq, uh, that, that is? Yeah. That's yeah. the only power. Tyreek Power and Holy Ghost Power. That's the only power I saw. <laughs> Tariq needs to be beat with the back end of a gun, but that's another story. Yes. <laughs> you know what? That's for another show. You know. I, I never thought I'd say it, but I wanted Ghost to shoot him so bad. Like, really? That, that would have been right. And I think Ghost would have gladly done time for doing that. But Oh, yeah. Be that as it may, that's not the power we're referencing. We're referencing NWA power. Courtney, did you check it out? Speaking of ghosts, it was like the ghost of NWA's past. I tuned in. There's a legendary set that I grew up with with the same iconic camera shots, only much, much clearer. And then you tune in, you have Jimmy Cornette, probably the historian of the wrestling business on commentary and doing a great job, if you will. Mm -hmm. And I thought that power was very nostalgic. It was great. Um, I, I, I love Nick Aldis as champion. I think that belt is a little larger than the one that Harley and Rick actually carried. But nevertheless, it was the same make and model. Uh, I, I told GB this. I said, my God, did they go into a time machine and get the jobbers from back in the 80s? Mm-hmm. Because these mm-hmm. brothers look like legit 80s jobbers. I was waiting for the Moki brothers or Rocky King to come out. <laughs> or maybe even uh, uh, Teddy to come out and, uh, and, and, uh, and ref referee. a match. Yeah, yeah. But here's the thing, though. I'm wondering how long I'll be in this nostalgic place because though it was uh, a quality one hour, uh, it it still looked a little wonky, if you will. And so I'm eager to see what will happen because everybody loves a nostalgic act, but we don't know if we want to see it every week. I want to see very Brady Christmas once a year. And I'm going to sit and watch it. I don't know if I want them to bring it back as a television show. So power has a lot to prove. Uh, You know, it's so funny because we hear so much about the Internet fans and how the Internet fans are so fickle and so difficult to please. Well, Courtney, you are chiefest among them. You being the nostalgic, you being the guy who says you are so pro 605, you are so pro NWA, you are so pro WCW, you are so pro territories. This was everything you ever wanted and then some, and you piss on it. 
Shame on you. No wonder nobody likes you, and no wonder you're not champion anymore because you lack consistency. Here's the deal. I sat and watched this last night, and I almost cried. For one, I had very low hopes for this NWA show. I just did not have real expectations for it. But here's the thing. I didn't know that I would miss this so much. Yes, wrestling has evolved to this, that, and the third. But here's where they get to create and carve a niche that nobody else has. Nobody else is doing studio wrestling. That means nobody else is giving us those interviews that made us fall in love with the wrestlers. Nobody else is giving us those scenarios that allow a difference to be made between our superstars and our uh, enhancement talent. The NWA is doing that. And we got introduced to some new stars that we didn't know of last night. It was to me, it was an hour of perfection. It was exactly what we grew up on. It was what we felt like we needed. It's the thing that hooked us to the wrestling industry. And so what they do with this is you ultimately end up saving your main event matches for when you can afford to do them. I think they are on something. And the reason it works is because nobody else is doing it. WWE isn't doing it. Uh, Ring of Honor isn't doing it. AEW isn't doing it. And now they have now have they they've created their own special spot with a TV show that's all their own. And I think there's such great wisdom in doing it on the internet. Uh, it's it's just, man, we can't go back and watch old episodes of WWF Superstars or Wrestling Challenge, but we do get to see the NWA power, and we get to see what they are creating, and there's a bit of really cool stuff mixed in it as well. Even I loved the uh, Jimmy Valiant commercial for his wrestling school. It was super nostalgic. Now, in this time, and you're talking about you don't know if if uh, if this would work every week. Well, if that were the case, then we then the then these '90s R&B hip hop stations wouldn't be popping up in every market you turn around in. These '90s and '80s pop stations, these oldies stations, wouldn't be doing the success that they're doing. You know, here in Atlanta, they got rid of the new school hip hop station in place of a '90s R&B station. It's because we love nostalgia and i'm telling you it's not just a one-off the nwa if they do this right and keep introducing us to new talent with this old school feel this is what caused us to love dusty Rhodes. it's what caused us to love rick flair it's what caused us to love ricky steamboat and it has the potential to cause us to love some new nwa superstars until they become household names congratulations to nwa power more power to you and i hope that you'll continue to do some great things so we do know that in december they're returning to atlanta december the 14th through the 16th a pay-per-view will be on december the 14th with tv tapings happening the 15th and 16th we'll give you more information but that studio looked pretty darn good i was really impressed by what they did that's not the only new bit of new television programming. The crowd was terrible, GB. What do you mean by the crowd was terrible? The crowd was great. What's wrong the with you? The crowd was terrible, How GB. Dare, what was so terrible about them? 
They weren't into the match. They weren't. They, listen, they had an what opportunity you to create history. You they were, were sitting down the whole time. Sir, they should have been up first, on their feet okay, cheering those here's guys. Here's your problem. First of all, you don't know the instructions given to them in that studio. Perhaps standing up. I don't up care about not, instructions. Well, I'm see, talking and that's about why you don't have studio have, wrestling. See, here's the problem, TB, right here. I wish your confidence matched the points that you made. Because here's one thing you got wrong. That was Austin Idol on TV talking about a wrestling Who school. Who did I say it was? I said it was things. Jimmy Valiant. I was wrong. So, but but yeah, I, Exactly. So you're wrong I about I was, a lot of other things, too. And I'm going to tell you well, what you're wrong I'll about. I'll tell you one thing I'm not is wrong this, about. I'm not that, wrong about the that fact people, that Brandon Clack can, is the faction I, champion and not you. Brandon Clack, it took him eight months to open, ten Ooh. months to overthrow me. It did Are not. you serious? It did if not. you fight me every month, every week for ten months, you're bound to win one oh, of them. Oh, Lord have mercy. See, I am the longest reigning faction champion. Oh, God. Here you go. Longest reign. Here you go. Here you go. So, again, for the nostalgia act that you are, I am sad. You, microphone. you don't have a thing to add. Oh, my God. GB. <laughs> Yes, I'll sir. tell you who he can't beat. Not only can he not defeat a honey bun, he cannot defeat that internet. That sure internet can. is sure the can. longest reigning faction <laughs> champion in your house. I mean, that internet slaps you in public every week and you take it with your little penny pension, refusing to upgrade, you keeping your little cricket internet, and cricket beats you every week. Every week. You know what's funny? People liked our on-the-road series, and one of the comments that we got was, well, at least we know Courtney's internet won't give out on him. I love it. Wow. That's an actual comment on our social media, so you can go and check that out. I am not making that up. It's absolutely Y'all encourage hilarious. the haters. You, no. you, you, you guys are the hater makers. You, 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 GB and Clack are the official hater makers of the faction. The fact that You do a great job of that yourself. Your internet... That you should be embarrassed. The audience is attacking your internet. You somebody that because you guys coerce so them. You literally coerce them every week, and you're the hater makers. There's no H in the word coerce. Thank you. <laughs> so with, you guys are the hater makers. So with that said, <laughs> AEW. You are disrespectful. I'm just saying. I mean, if you're going to use a word, use the right word and pronounce it. GB. But you know he has a little problem. That space in between his teeth well, will allow him. Yeah. It just so sends extra that? wind. It sends <laughs> extra wind <laughs> through the microphone. So I said it properly. <laughs> the wind from but the additional wind puts the H in things. Oh, ah. just, just don't oh, have that additional hurts. wind when we face Mr. Huckabee, okay? Please. Huckabee so, ready? Yes. Are you crazy? So with that said, AEW pre presented a new show last night. It's called AEW Dark. It premiered on their YouTube channel, and I think it's a brilliant concept because it is all of the dark matches that happened during the Dynamite experience last Wednesday becomes its own separate new show. Uh, did you guys get to check it out? And if so, what'd you think? I didn't get a chance to check it out yet, but I do intend to watch uh, before I watch AEW tonight. Clack? Uh, I haven't watched it, but I, I am a big skeptical. How do I actually know it's a dark match? I mean, how do I know you all just didn't do some separate tapings that you're actually <laughs> really airing? I, I need some kind of proof. I need I need something. Give me something <laughs> well, that, well, that in, isn't photoshopped or in edited this, in. In this case, you could ask John Murray since he was there. Oh, good point. We need to ask John. 
Well, John did say that there were uh, that the dark the dark matches had a lot of energy from the fans. So certainly, uh, AEW Dark would support that. Okay. So with that said, let's talk about. Uh, well, first of all, I have to say I loved AEW Dark. I loved it because it felt again like the secondary shows we would get from WWE um, that would kind of get us ready for the main show. And for AEW yeah. to have a secondary show, I think is necessary. It does a great job of continuing to build continuity between their Dynamite projects from week to week. And what's important is they have become the masters, I think better than WWE, of engaging people in social media and using social media in a great way. So excited about what AEW is yeah. doing with AEW Dark. I totally agree. I think for, for me, it reminds me of a throwback to all the shows. If you were genuine wrestling fans like we were, we watched everything they put on TV. Sure did. Remember when heat was a thing. Uh, we watched Livewire. Yep. We watched Shotgun, all those things. <laughs> yep. And so it reminds me of all those moments. Velocity, yeah. Oh, yep. Jack. <laughs> Jack. Jack, yeah. <laughs> so WWE it, was king of, of recreating and repurposing content. Oh, yeah, by far. And every now and then they'd shock you and have something really good up there. Right, yeah. right, right. Because you didn't have high expectations for it, but you watched as a just-in-case. Yeah, you didn't want to miss anything. Okay, so here's what we need to do. Before we get out of here, the draft is this Friday, and of course we have AEW versus NXT tonight. Um, thoughts on what needs to happen for the draft this Friday night? Uh, I'm going to call it Brock Lesnar goes to SmackDown. Well, I think he's a WWE champion. That kind of puts yeah. him on SmackDown. <laughs> Yeah. Jeez. Well, but, but you're you're the same dude who's like, I think that uh the best thing we can do for Ellis Island is put the Statue of Liberty there. Duh. So let me ask you this: if if it's a draft tonight, if it's a draft, and he gets drafted to SmackDown because he doesn't technically have to stay on SmackDown, isn't that still a part of the draft? Oh God. No wonder you aren't champion. By Ooh. the way, you didn't even Here's pick Brock Lesnar to win the championship. That champion? Co Brock Lesnar cost G you the championship. GB, have you ever been faction champion? Uh, actually, you know what? Had I stopped, had I not chose to honor my own rules, then yes, I would have oh been the champion. Oh my lord! Woulda, coulda, shoulda. You know how many of those? You, you armchair you, champion. You keep messing around and you might have to defend your number one contendership, sir. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Ooh. Get some gold and we'll talk. Ah, uh, okay. All right. Keep it up. You ain't never been the champion. Say what? You ain't never been the champion. Oh, my Lord. And you aren't the champion. So I guess we have something in common. I'm the longest huh? champion oh in faction God. history. Listen, you couldn't beat Josh Spilly. So I think. You probably yeah, that is pretty you weren't even in the match, which means that you couldn't beat him. I chose not to be in the match. If I were in the match, I would have beat Spilly. I got no question of that. Goals, you ain't never been the champion. You won't ever be the champion okay. because you can't pick your way out of a paper bag. 
you said that about the competitors last week, and it looks like you're the one in the paper bag. So, uh, so, being a plastic bag. Oh my lord! Either way, you can't win. So, with that said, um, Clack, Clack, what do you think needs to happen in the draft this week? Any champion. (laughs) The the main thing that needs to happen in the draft this week is that the fiend needs to be on both shows. Agreed. Both organizations, both shows, both nights. Fiend, you are the hot commodity. I don't care where anybody else goes. We need you every week. We will not get tired of your creepy gimmick. It just won't happen. You, you just made me think about something. And this might be controversial. Uh-oh. But did WWE actually get it right at Hell in a Cell? No. No. Wait a minute. No, no, no. I want you to follow this train of thought. Here's what I explained. Here's what I mean. We do recognize that not everybody has to be a champion to be over. Agreed? It's true. Um, yes. There's a certainly, there became a point in The Undertaker's career where he no longer needed the championship. There was a point in John Cena's career where he no longer needed a championship because we would watch him and care for him, champion or not. There actually are issues with the Fiend becoming the Universal Champion. For one, if we see the Fiend as champion every week, for him to lose the title means he has to get beat. And he's he's the ultimate monster right now. After what happened to him Sunday, if you get hit with a toolbox and a sledgehammer on top of a ladder and you get up, you're indestructible. So then, yeah. <laughs> so then who gets the right to beat you? And really, what's scarier, a champion or a monster? <laughs> oh, this is hilarious. GB's weak argument because he's never been champion on the faction it's to try me- to compare it to the fiend. Not being cha- he's stronger. He's this never has been nothing a to do with me. Oh, GB, old country, yeah, move prayer. Undertaker to do does with not me. need the belt because he's had the belt. You have to be crowned to wear the belt to be considered something. I don't want to hear this Charles Barkley argument you're making. <laughs> Here you go. The, the point is very simple, is that I'm not necessarily agreeing with how the match ended. I'm saying that maybe, just maybe as food for thought, maybe the Fiend doesn't need to be our world champion. Oh God, GB! You know it would be really cool creatively. What's that? If if they take that idea and allow the fiend to be the champion, and and in a sick, perverted way, give the belt back for an open tournament, and whenever he feels like being number one contender again, he beats another champion. No. And he almost you know what? stalks you know people what? into not winning. No, I'm with that. I just, I just, I just had a thought, Courtney Beard again. I, I I don't know. I will not lower myself to saying that about you. I will just say once again, <laughs> you are indeed inaccurate, and your antediluvian thinking, quite frankly, oh. makes you ineligible to probably ever be a champion again. How dare you say that if you are not a world champion, then you meant nothing in this business? Then how is it that the I didn't number? I nothing. 
Now your words what? don't say that. I never said you meant nothing. Didn't he? he I did. just called you Charles Barkley. That's all no, it no. is. You said you meant nothing in this business. So explain. To, would you call Andre the Giant Charles Barkley? Absolutely Ooh. not. He was the number one draw in this business for decades, and he was never the world champion. Not ever. Andre the Giant and Shawn Michaels. Listen wow. to me. Andre the Giant was the biggest tra attraction and arguably still the biggest name in the history of this business. Andre transcended the business, and yet he was not a world champion. Steve Nash was two-time MVP. Steve <laughs> Nash is not Andre the Giant. And now we both know MVP. that. You know I love my boy Allen Iverson. Biggest draw in the league for years. He ain't got that ship. Anyway. I love you, AI. So, here's a question. Tonight, AEW, NXT, AEW nearly doubled the ratings of NXT from last week. What do you think NXT needs to do to respond? And bigger than that, do you think AEW keeps up last week's numbers or do they drop off? Whoa, whoa, whoa. B before we answer, I have a question. Ha have, they, have they tallied in those who watch on the network with those numbers or no? I'm not sure. I'll have to double check that. I'd be so interested but, to but see that is. But I'll say this much, though. The network still doesn't have 2 million subscribers. So, right, okay. I, you know, so even if everybody on the network watched, which we know didn't happen, I don't know if it would uh -huh. be enough of an up. It would have to be almost, what, uh, 25, 30% of the network folks would have to have watched it uh, on the network yeah. specifically, which I don't know. I don't know if that happened, especially on the Thursday. Well, I'll say this. You, you, you asked what they can do. If you go back and listen to the podcast from this past weekend that we dropped, not on Bonafide Radio, but on one of our platforms, uh, you can go look it up on the Google Play Store, iTunes, and all those things. Uh, you will hear a few names that we dropped on who should possibly be in NXT. And so maybe we'll see more of those names show up. AEW, they kind of have a question mark as how uh, AEW ended last week. Will it start that way this week? So there's so many places that Hunter can go and that Cody and the guys can go. Everything's going to be epic tonight. It will absolutely be amazing. Clack, any thoughts on that? Yeah, WWE needs to bring Shinsuke back down. I mean, there needs to be a massive overhaul of the talent that we loved in NXT. Bobby Roode, Dolph Ziggler. Shinsuke, you know, the three of you need to go immediately. AEW is not going to lose steam because it's new. And because it's new and it won't lose steam, they can build culture. And if they build culture off of keeping the standard of what they've done now and sustain it, NXT is in trouble. You've got to bring in some more big guns. It's definitely going to be interesting to watch. So you guys make sure you're checking it out. AEW, NXT happening all tonight. 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central on both USA and TNT. And, of course, you've got SmackDown, which kicks off the draft this Friday. Of course, we'll have all sorts of content coming your way in the coming days. But here's how you can reach out to us by way of social media. We'll start with the champ, Brandon Clack. Brandon J. Clack on all of the social media platforms. Michael Jordan is from Brooklyn, New York. You're from where you're born. Ah, <laughs> let that be clear. Courtney. At C Major Beard, Instagram or Twitter. Courtney Beard on Facebook. I am your longest reigning faction champion. Oh, Lord have mercy on our souls. 
And you can simply reach me at Bonnerfied on all aforementioned platforms. And, of course, follow us at The Faction Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're going to have all sorts of content coming this week, including some quick hits. And who knows, there may or may not be an On the Road as well. But one thing is for certain, you've got it locked to The Faction, along with Courtney Clack. It's GB. It's The Faction, powered by Bonnerfied Radio. Thank you.